The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Hi, this is John Howard with Capital Weekly, and I'm joined by Tim Foster, Executive Director of Open California, and this is our regular weekly podcast. That's true. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the introduction, John. Uh, so we like to talk about uh, politics and what's going on in the Capitol this week. Let's get that out of the way first, because there's a lot of interesting stuff happening about 3,000 miles away. But this week in the Capitol, there was the 43rd Annual Zeke Greater Fisheries Council hearing, you may not have ever heard of that. I know I hadn't until I did some quick due diligence before the show. And they talk about all things fisheries. Senator Mike McGuire is the chair, and basically he wants to get people's attention on the state, the sorry state of California's and fisheries. Sure, John, what, uh, what day is that? That's Wednesday. Uh, that's, uh, excuse me, that's Thursday, February 11th. Oh, okay. And that's going to be in room 112 in the state capitol. And so what is going on with California fisheries? I, as I understand it, the picture is not good. It's not good. They're in bad shape. Uh, the salmon uh, fishery is disastrous. The crab fishery is dreadful. Uh, there's a lot of things going on, none of them good, and McGuire hopes to point that out to people. If you like fishing, you probably want to listen in on this one. And, uh, and anything new with the Delta smelt? I'm, I'm happy to say that I've avoided the Delta smelt and don't even want to talk about them at all. All right, so we'll, we'll leave the Delta Smelt for next week when we'll have our all-Delta Smelt edition um, or not. And, you know, speaking of, of water and fishing in the coast, the Coastal Commission the day before has a big day. Yes, that was a great segue. Thank you very much. Capital Weekly, I'm happy to say, is covering the Coastal Commission uh, machinations, including the potential ouster of its executive director, Charles Lester. That will come to a head, likely in Morro Bay, on February 10th, Wednesday, February 10th, there's a meeting uh, to discuss his uh, potential ouster, and we expect dozens, if not hundreds, of people to show up, uh, many of them protesting it, and I'm sure some in support of it. And now this uh, has actually happened before with the founding director, Peter Douglas. If I remember right, there was a sort of an attempted coup to get rid of him, and yeah. and there was a packed hearing, and eventually... His, his ouster did not happen. He had so much support, they drowned out the people that wanted to get rid of him. Could that happen again? Uh, you know, I think it could. Uh, it's kind of hard to say. Basically, um, Lester, like Douglas, although maybe not to the same degree, uh, but Lester has a lot of support from the environmental community, from the conservationist community. It's interesting to note that the governor uh, is, has been silent on this issue, although we're told that a number of the gubernatorial appointees are those most interested in ousting Lester. At least that's what we hear. And now uh, we've been covering this story. You wrote a story about this about two weeks ago. And then Alex Matthews just wrote a story that was published last week on, at Capital Weekly. And uh, is there any development there that you'd want to talk about? Maybe walk that story along? Well, um, what we've done is we did some enterprise reporting on issues involving the commission, some of the background issues uh, that are involved here. You mentioned um, the earlier coup attempt a coup may be a strong word, sort of a loaded word, but yeah. but basically there was a lot of feeling about having him removed. There was more of a political partisan piece to that than there is this time. This is more, uh, this might be more termed uh, moderate Democrats versus environmental Democrats, if that's logical 
that might be a piece of what's going on here. I see. And now let's forget the Capitol because it's not that exciting anyway. And let's go to New Hampshire, which has its presidential primary, the first presidential primary of this year's presidential election on Tuesday night. And what's interesting about this is um, New Hampshire has an enormous legislature. They have 400, 400 people in the lower house, uh, their, basically their version of the assembly, and they have 24 people in the Senate. Wow, that is an interesting mix. It's, a, it's amazing. Uh, this is a state with 1.3 million people. So they have almost, well, they have almost, um, they have five times the number of members of the assembly in New Hampshire than we do in California, a state of 39 million people. I think that's kind of amazing. Their Senate has a total of 24 people. I just don't understand the you know the disparity there. They have more people in the um, House in New Hampshire than we have in our entire delegation, our entire congressional delegation and Senate and Assembly. They're just all over the place. They're multiplying like hobgoblins in New Hampshire. It's true. I, you know, I really wish we were hoping we could get Steve Mavigli over here, yes. an actual member, well, former member, not current member, yeah. a member of the House of Representatives. In, or not house, what do they call it? The house. The house. Just the house. The yeah. house uh, in New Hampshire. So his, uh, his take on what's going on there on Tuesday would be in, intriguing, to say the least. He saw us out on the street trying to kidnap him. We were going to grab him, and he ran fleeing. You know, He's the guy that knows about this stuff. But what we are interested now in is um, this odd political arrangement in New Hampshire. They're going to have their presidential primary. And thirty-two for the Democrats, 32... Uh, 32 seats are at, 32 delegates are at stake. 24 of those are pledged. Eight are not pledged. Eight are basically people who can do whatever they want. So, the wait, so they're not the, of the 32, 24 are actually not at stake. Yeah. 20, because they're already pledged. No, to, 24 mean that, uh, mean whoever, however the vote goes, oh, okay. they're the ones that are going to be, Got the, it. you know, um, it, which is kind of, it just, it's just so interesting to me that there's so much attention on this small estate, but New Hampshire traditionally is very, independent-minded in its electorate. They have a wide variation in their electorate. It's a, uh, it's a freezing state. It's always cold in New Hampshire. Is it ever hot in and, New Hampshire? And I can't remember. In 2012, did they select President Huckabee or President Santorum? I can't remember. It was one of the two. I think it was President Santorum. Uh, on the Republicans. You'll, you'll all remember. So it definitely is It's going to be making, a, making our decision for us. Yeah. So... If you're not doing anything Tuesday night, forget the Capitol here. Just turn, you know, go to your website, your favorite website, uh, Twitter feed, or TV news feed, and see what happens in New Hampshire. It'll, and, it'll be interesting. And if I've been, you know, I've been following 538.com and etc. and other things, and it seems like support for Cruz, the word I've heard is cratering. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but uh, but that is what I have read. So we'll yeah, I see. I, you see the you know you see the polls and. Uh, I've always sort of, I love polls. I love regular polls. I like exit polls. I like polls. And yet the last month or so, polls have taken such a beating uh, in their predictions and their assessments and, you know, what they think is going to happen. So I have no idea what's going to happen. Wouldn't even want to hazard a guess. And whatever we think is going to happen, we're all probably going to be surprised. Okay. And I'm going to hazard a guess. I think that Trump is going to take it in a runaway because he is, I think he's leading by 25 points in the polls last time I checked. And I think Bernie Sanders is going to take it in a runaway because he lives next door. Yeah. And I think he's also 
ahead 20-some points in the polls. So there's my uh, prediction, which really and they like was, old was not hard of a uh, hard of a prediction to make. I, I, they like old geezers in New England. So uh, I see. I'm thinking of moving to New England, actually. Well, there you go. <laughs> And, don't let the door shut behind you. Man. Yeah, I don't know. John, what would we do without you? Um, so really, there's... Oh, my one other thing. I saw that the Roundup on Friday listed Linda Sanchez as having the worst week in California for an ethics violation. Now, I frankly, when I saw that it was a Sanchez in Congress, was expecting maybe Loretta Sanchez would have had the worst week because she got uh, PolitiFact's pants on fire rating for the gun comment. You want to talk about that at all? Not a bit. Not I a bit. Well, in that in that note, so uh, <laughs> not going to get me to talk about the Sanchez sisters, either one, Linda or Loretta. Okay. Well, uh, on that note, I guess we really don't have much else to say. We'll be back again next Monday, and uh, pretty much every Monday, unless it's holiday, we'll be here with another podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you have any questions for us, please post them on the uh, on the comment thread, and uh, we're happy to happy to look at those and maybe ignore them for next time. Yeah, indeed we do. Thank Thank you very much. Hey, thank you.